Good morning, everybody. This is Judith Echo. You're listening to Mad Love. Let's get into it. So I didn't comment really last week about all the massive firings at ESPN. You guys know, regular listeners know I love sports. I watch a lot of sports. But I can't hardly stand sports shows. When I worked from home, I used to watch uh, Colin Cowherd, but then he got a new host co-host that I can't stand and I don't think they have good chemistry together even though they're friends I don't particularly enjoy watching the two of them so I don't watch anymore uh so that's on FS1 and then I never liked Skip Bayless I used to kind of tune in for Shannon Sharp but Skip Bayless is so annoying I never could watch and so you know then of course if you guys are following that saga Shannon Sharp the great tight end they started getting into it and I think it was mainly because when Shannon took the show he was you know he was a talking head on TV but he wasn't a big deal he was by no stretch of the imagination uh, a sports talk star and over the time that he's been on the show he has become one and I think he wanted to talk about different things or talk about things in a different way and it's Skip Shell. And I don't like Skip Bayless. I, I've never liked Skip Bayless. I have a hard time believing he's related to the kind, wonderful chef, Rick Bayless. I just don't like Skip Bayless. If Skip Bayless never gets back on TV, I would not be mad. In fact, I am saying all that to say I'm happy ESPN fired half of its people from TV. I don't like them. I can't watch. I'm waiting for somebody to create a sports show that I like with people I like watching. You know, some of these guys are just not that interesting. And they prop them up there every week and they do those fake repartee things. And it's like this, this isn't working. You know, the days of like Mike and Mike are gone where things just felt more organic. And I, I want to applaud ESPN because it's brave to do that. They're hemorrhaging cash, obviously. The Disney problems are causing problems for ESPN. It's obvious. But they signed Pat McAfee, which gives me the idea that they're starting to understand their audiences are changing. ESPN is a 40-something-year-old company. And when it started, it was revolutionary. No one had covered sports 24 hours a day. And so the people who began watching ESPN have changed. Those people are now in their 70s and 80s, you know, 60s, 70s and 80s. And so younger people don't watch TV the way they used to. So you've got to figure out how to make them turn their television on. A lot of kids don't watch. There are a lot of people under 30 who do not turn on a television to watch media. Wrap your brain around that. You know, we grew up having to watch TV when it came on immediately. You had to be there at 7 o'clock or you were going to miss the show. It was revolutionary to get a VCR and to be able to program the thing to come on and record your shows. What? And that seemed cutting edge 40 years ago. But now, you know, kids don't even turn on the TV that way. So kudos to them for getting McAfee and maybe they'll do what other industries need to do which is go out and discover new talent it's okay there are a lot of talented people out here who haven't had a big break who will not require the same salaries that these guys are getting were getting 
and they'll make their bones by being good at what they do, not so much what they were good at, you know, for the last 25 years. You know, I'm not a huge, I don't have anything against any of these people, but I'm not going to miss Keyshawn Johnson or or any of these. Oh, I never even watched their NFL coverage, to be honest with you. I I like um, uh, the NFL channel show. I thought they were hilarious. I hope Michael Irvin can come back. He was hilarious. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of people out here who are talented, who just deserve a break. And when you bloat your talent ranks with everybody having to make so many millions of dollars, you know, you, you run into troubles and Disney is having some trouble. I would not be surprised if ESPN stops being a part of Disney at some point and, and goes back to being its own independent company and probably going public and people love sports. ESPN can be fixed. People love sports. ESPN can be fixed. Uh, Skip Bayless is on FS1. FS1 built its empire around poaching talent from ESPN. It can be fixed, too. Um, I personally don't care for Skip Bayless. I hope I've made that clear. I just can't stand watching him. I think he has some off takes, and I think he's a bully. And, um, yeah, if he doesn't come back, that won't be bad, in my opinion. Uh, Yes, he created the two-person talking head show. Good for him. But for me, it's not worth it if you can't stand either of the talking heads. So there you have it. Here's an opportunity in sports to go ahead. I work with this guy. He's an attorney by trade, but he loves sports. I have never seen him light up like he lights up for sports. Hire people like that. They'll get a following in no time. And and maybe hire some cuties, you know. Because I'm telling you, some of these old dudes, they ain't hot. It's like Fox FS1 makes sure that there's a woman with her chest out for a lot. If she's on the set, she's going to have her boobs out. I like Joy Taylor, but a lot of times I saw way more of her boobs than I wanted to. So clearly, that's the formula for them. Well, women who watch sports and watch sports shows, we like to see men, good looking men. So do that. That would be great. All right. I digress. The other issue I've been having is, you know, clearly Hollywood is broken. The traditional thing that we've known for the last hundred years is Hollywood is definitely broken. And so there's another opportunity right there. It can be fixed. People love movies. People love entertainment. People love escapism, but they also love seeing themselves or some part of themselves on the screen that they can relate to. Um, and sometimes that is for issues like, you know, uh, race. You know, I remember uh, growing up, it was always fun when there was a movie with black people in it that was true to my experience. Let's be clear. Some of the stuff wasn't true to my experience, but when it was, it was hilarious and I enjoyed it. You know, I think I grew up in the black middle class. There weren't a lot of black middle class movies. Um, so I related a lot to John Hughes movies. Um, I know someone right now who personally sounds like he's trapped in a Tyler Perry movie. I grew up feeling like, oh, I'm just going to grow up and be like in a John Hughes movie. I'm going to have a big house. I'm going to drive nice cars. 
you know, that was closer to my experience. I was a middle class kid. We worked very hard, but, you know, we were middle class a family and we had a middle class value system. And so I think Hollywood can be fixed. But again, you got to stop hiring just your friends. You got to stop trying to work with just the same six, seven people over and over and over again. You know, Christopher Nolan. So Warner Brothers strategy right now. And I didn't even realize this because I don't follow the industry like I used to. Um, But Christopher Nolan is with Universal. And I think part of Warner Brothers big strategy is to get Christopher Nolan back. That was one of the things they said. And I was like, I didn't even realize the guy had signed somewhere else. I don't, you know, it's like, come on. Everybody can't want to just make Christopher Nolan movies. There are other talented filmmakers out there. And I like Christopher Nolan. I think he's made some very in- in- intense, intelligent, complicated, I don't understand it, uh, cinema. I can't tell you what happened in Tenet. But, you know... I respect that he's talented and I respect he has a huge audience, but he ain't the only one. What are y'all out here doing? If you want to fix Netflix, Netflix needs to go back to having deals with all these studios and let and let them be the place to stream. Right. I know it's never going back, but that's that's the secret sauce for Netflix. They need as many partnerships as possible. Um, Some of their original content is good. But it's just too much. It's way too much and it's not sustainable. And you can't hardly find anything on there. And so they're just taking all this money from subscriptions and burning it on $200 million projects, which is silly. It's dumb. All of these places need a budget and all these places just need to scour for new talent. There are people out there who can make you hit stuff and they won't charge you $20 million per project for their salary. You know what I mean? You won't have to budget $200 million to make, you know, this one epic from Martin Scorsese. You can make several films with people who will build an audience, who have a following. I mean, it's weird to me that things just haven't haven't evolved that quickly in the quote-unquote media business. The media business is far behind every other business. Um, there, there are people out here right now that are super famous on YouTube that would have a huge following if they were allowed to put their stuff up on Netflix, but Netflix doesn't seem to recruit those people. Warner brothers doesn't seem to recruit some of these people. And at this point you might have a harder time signing them. Cause why would they sign on someplace to change their product when they can stay independent and make good YouTube money? So it just they just need to figure it out. I do believe there's talent that needs to be tapped and people need to be willing to take some chances. And these studios have got to uh, de-bloat. They've got to get smaller. They've got to get leaner. And this is going to be the hot take. They need to get rid of most of the people who run them and who are VPs because most of those people don't love movies. And you know how I know? Because movies are trash right now. It's so hard to find something really good. I stopped looking. I'm rewatching The Good Wife. When I have downtime, I'm rewatching a 15-year-old show. Because <laughs> it was good. And it's a television series. You know, I can't remember the last time I was excited for a movie. 
Mm, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. But it's because it has Judy Bloom with Rachel McAdams. And, uh, you know, there you go. Those are two of my favorite things in the world. You know, Rachel McAdams in a Judy Bloom book. I grew up on Judy Bloom. I love Judy Bloom. I used to read all the time. I was a constant reader and she was writing great books for that age group. And so, yeah. And then, uh, Kathy Bates is also in it. So yeah, I got excited for that, but I, not to go to a theater, I'm going to stream it. You know, I don't go to the theater anymore. It just, it just doesn't appeal to me. The movies aren't as good. Safety is a concern. Um, but you can get me back. Just, just make great shit, make good movies. And if you're stumped, completely stumped as to how to do that, I am accepting calls. Yes, I know there's a writer's strike, but I have scripts and we need to be ready when the strike is over and it's going to be rough. It's really going to be rough. This strike is not helping anything. It's not helping anything. And I hope the writers get what they want. Uh, But I have a feeling some of these guys at the top are already looking into AI. They're already looking into how they can just not pay people. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I don't don't want to be a part of that. But I do want to be a part of the new Hollywood paradigm. And it's coming. It has to. I would be happy if we could just start all over. If there was some, instead of feeling like you have to move to L.A., maybe you have to move to, you know, well, nowhere, because we have the Internet now. But maybe there's a film community uh, that's just ready to pop, that creates great art. It's not about the money. It's about the story. It's about the craft. That would be fantastic. It really would. And that's not where Hollywood is right now. A lot of people have made a lot of money off of mediocrity. And uh, yikes, it's bad. When I don't care about movies, it's bad. My whole life is movies. I can't go a day without telling a story that isn't somehow revolving around uh, a movie plot. I can I can link everything to a movie plot. But that's back when movies were good. They're not good right now. So, not to kick a dead horse, but kick, kick, kick. It's terrible. <laughs> Anyway, I hope everybody has an amazing day. Oh, here's a funny story. So I know people get concerned, but I do not sit around with my mom and just cry and gnash my teeth all the time. Occasionally, she has some lucid moments and we have some laughs. So one of those things happened the other night and I was talking to her. And um, this is actually kind of funny. And it's a it's a it's funny. Anyway, it's a bit of a blue story, but. I was talking to my mom and I said, you know, my name's Judy, Judy Culp. And she was like, yes. I said, your name's Peggy, Peggy Culp. She goes, yeah. And I said, and my dad's name was Dick. (laughs) She made a face and she went, "Uh oh, (laughs) she just started chuckling. And I was like, that was his name. And she was like, mm. and then she was like, you all. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> and it's true. He went by the name Dick, although his, you know, name was William. And so, uh, you know, all my cousins and stuff, everybody calls him Uncle Dick. 
And so my mom was like, uh-oh. And she just started chuckling. And I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Hashtag never forget. She knows it's a naughty word. She doesn't remember my dad, but she heard that name and she remembers, you know. So anyway, I don't need to embellish or elaborate. You know what she remembers. And that's funny, right? I chuckled. I was like, wow. So you know it's a naughty word. She hashtag never forget, never forget. That's so funny. So anyway, uh, like I said, we don't sit around and just be sad all the time. We have some laughs, and that was one of them. Yeah, she was like, uh oh. <laughs> she started laughing. She was like, you guys, like you making shit up. Don't be getting me in no trouble. Which I thought was funny. All right, everybody, have an amazing day. It is Tuesday. July 11th, so it's Amazon Prime Day. Get on it. I got my amazing Ninja Foodie last year uh, during Prime. It took me like six months to open the package and actually use the thing, and that was stupid because that thing is awesome. So enjoy your day, Amazon Prime. All right. Talk to you later. Oh, wait. I also have a new sponsor I'm going to have to uh, do the commercial for, but I'm very excited. It's my first sponsor. And so, or my first sponsor in a while, I had a sponsor and then Spotify changed their program and I don't know. Anyway, I have a new sponsor. Also, I'm not sure if you guys are interested, but you guys that have been concerned about your loved one with um, dementia, I have written a book. It's called uh, The Caregiver's Guide to CBD. It's on Amazon. Another plug for Amazon. It's under Judith A. Culp. Go ahead, check it out. Go ahead, buy it. Uh, it's important if you're a caregiver. Uh, yeah. And I'm probably going to do another series of books on that. So we're out here. We're working. Evelyn CBD. Talk to you later.